Welcome to the Well SGV podcast. We exist to multiply followers of Jesus rooted in the gospel who worship, walk, and witness to God's glory. Here's our message for the week. That's a great joy uh, to be here and to uh, just really continue even talking about First John together. And uh, you heard it correct. Uh, even though we started First John last week and went through these uh, first four verses, uh, I just really felt uh, more compelled to kind of just go into these couple of verses, uh, verses three and four, and what, what it means to really just have this joy of knowing who God is, the joy of actually fellowshipping with God himself. And uh, so I felt like I, I was going to just move on to uh, the next passage, but I felt like the Lord was telling me, no, just kind of camp here for a little second, and uh, let's go deeper with this together as a church. So uh, with that, I'm going to ask you to uh, please join me in a word of prayer, and uh, let's ask the Lord to just really open our hearts. And uh, the Lord is present. He's real. He wants to, to give us food to eat. So let's uh, invite him to do so, okay? Father, we thank you and we praise you, God. Uh, Lord, it is a great joy to come and to feast and to eat at your table. And Lord, every time when we come to your presence uh, in this gathered worship and when we open up your word, uh, we trust and we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that your spirit is, is with us and speaking to us and ministering to us and pulling us to yourself. So Lord, we ask that you would do that uh, this morning God, we trust you, we believe in you, we love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for uh, for your word, and we thank you that you've not left us or forsaken us, but that uh, you're always uh, walking with us in all things, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So there was a time uh, in my life, just growing up in this area, that my family and I used to actually go to a church uh, not too far from here, it was actually in South Pasadena, and... uh, you know, we didn't really go because uh, we were worshiping the Lord per se or as a family. Um, you know, I kind of shared this before, but I didn't grow up in what you might consider a Christian household. Uh, but it was very common, I think, for Koreans back then to just go to church. As a, uh, most Korean immigrants, uh, when they land here in the States, uh, church is usually kind of the first place that they go to because that's where you're going to make, make your uh, connections, make new friends, business networks, all of that kind of stuff, right? So church is really kind of the social center of the Korean immigrant community. And so my family, we followed along those trends. Uh, I never heard the gospel, uh, never really knew who Jesus was, uh, really kind of growing up in that way. Uh, but I do remember uh, looking forward to really good, like, uh, you know, soup and kimchi, and then we'd have different, like, kind of meats, and that was something I really looked forward to every Sunday. Uh, look forward to uh, riding this, uh, I remember this red station wagon, and this church was kind of perched on top of this hill. And uh, my friends and I would do these crazy things, like get into the station wagon and go down this long driveway that was, like, going down into a main like street. And there were a couple times that like I would not be here if it weren't for the grace of God, honestly. Like it's like it was a it was the stupidest thing we could have done, right? But that's what kids do. And our parents had no clue about it, right? We didn't tell them that we would do stuff like this. But uh, it wasn't until college that I would say that I had something of what I would call a born-again experience. And uh, by that uh, I mean that I had an encounter with Jesus himself. 
And I felt like I came to know who this living God is. And I remember it was in college that then as I, you know, I didn't have a lot of words to describe what was happening in my heart, but I just knew that God was real. And as I began to then read the Bible, and I got discipled, and I had so many questions about the Bible, I was just hungry to know, like, more about who God is. You know, so every morning, every day, I'm just, like, writing down a bunch of questions. I had this little journal, right? And anytime I had the chance to just ask questions, like, what, what does this verse mean? What is this talking about? But more than just curiosity about the Bible, I had this deep sense that I was really coming to know who God is. And uh, there was a sense in which, like, every day as I was living, like, wow, God is with me. You know, this, this overwhelming sense of God's presence in my life and that it became very palpable, very real. Uh, and again, I didn't have all the vocabulary to kind of describe what I was experiencing, but I just knew that there was something different that was going on in my heart and my life that, was not, that wasn't completely explainable by human terms. And uh, I, just, I just longed to know God. I longed to know his presence. Like, I love God, and I want to know who, more of who God is. And as I read the Bible, as I prayed, it became the favorite thing I, I did, like, all day. Like, I would literally wake up at... And I would just look forward to, oh, I get to read the Bible and pray. Like, this is like, this was my joy. This was what I looked forward to uh, in college. And then, you know, being with, you know, my roommate there, June, right? <laughs> Back then, right? He knew me. He could share all these, like, dirty things, right, or whatever about me. But anyway, um, yeah, but you knew me back then, and we had fellowship together. We were in the same Bible study, and, you know, and it was, it was really, it was a great time. And the only thing I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. So I, you know, there's all kinds of books, authors I read all the time. But I guess the only way to maybe describe this is what maybe one Scottish pastor named Henry Skugel, who wrote this little book called uh, The Life of God and Soul of Man, what he would describe that when you come to know who Christ is, that he says, Christians know by experience that true religion is a union of the soul with God a real participation in the divine nature of the very image of God drawn upon the soul, or in the apostle's phrase, it is Christ formed within us in a real way, right? Now, this is not talking about us becoming God, you know, no, you know, we don't become God, we don't, um, you know, become divine, but it is talking about that when you place your faith in Christ, you are joined with Jesus in this union with him in which now you are partaking, participating of his life, of his divine nature that has come into your life. He takes residence in you and you are joined with him in a real way for now and forever, and you've received this new nature in Christ. And you cannot fully describe everything that's happening in your soul and your heart, but you know that God's presence is real, right? You just know it. You feel it. And this is what he's talking about. Uh, last week, in 1 John 1, 
we looked at this, that John is writing to, to us right now, this day, um, you know, back then, but this day, too, to say, here's the reality of knowing who the Father and who his Son Jesus is. Here's the reality of this. And he's letting us, he's writing this not to try to, uh, to you know, just kind of stir up or increase our, our intellectual knowledge of who God is. He's writing, he says, for our joy, for your joy, for, for my joy, for all of our joy. This is, this is why he's writing this letter to us. And there is a sense of connection and intimacy that he desires, uh, the, the Lord desires for you and I to have. You know, when you look at several verses in the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, Peter says the same thing. Though you do not see him, you know, none of us have physically met the risen Jesus, right? But yet you love him, right, in your heart. Those of you who are born again, you have a deep love for the Lord, even though you can't physically see him. And though you do not see him, you believe in him, and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. You can't quite put into, this, into words what it is you're feeling, but there's this joy of knowing who God is. This is what Peter is talking about. Paul said the same thing in 2 Corinthians 1.24. He says, we work with you for your joy, for your joy. This is why we do everything that we're doing. We want you desperately to know who the Lord is. And in Philippians 1.25, he says, I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Joy in the faith, right? Um, John, Peter, Paul, all the apostles of Jesus those who witness Jesus firsthand, they're all speaking, they're all writing, they're doing everything that they, because they're saying, look, we've experienced the Lord, we want you to know this joy that's found in Jesus. Christianity is not some abstract religion, it's not a philosophy, it's not subscribing to a set of principles. That is not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about fundamentally a relationship with Jesus in which you are knowing him and there's joy in the presence of who God is. That is what we're talking about. And this is what God desires for all of us, for you and I. But how do we get this? What does this mean? Right? Joy, as we talk about in Scripture, I mean, there's, it's all over Scripture. This is really one of the main themes of Scripture but think of joy as a deep well, as a deep well beneath the surface, right? You have on top of this uh, life and everything that's happening, all kinds of things that are happening in your life. But underneath, there's this deep well of joy that characterizes your soul, your heart. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 to 8, Jeremiah writes this. He writes, Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. 
for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in a year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And this passage here, what you see is this. You are, you and I, to be in Christ, we are absolutely blessed. Why? Because in life, there's going to be heat. There's going to be drought. And there's going to be things that are going to happen to your life. All kinds of hardships, pain, sorrow, challenges, like all these things are going to be thrown right at us, right? And some of you have gone through this even recently in the past couple weeks in your life. And you know, you can feel this firsthand. And yet, Jeremiah is saying that there is, a, there is this stream, there's this joy, this strength, uh, this underneath that is, that is deep, that is unshakable in all that you go through, right? And we're not talking about some superficial, mindless joy, right? When the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always, it doesn't, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, praise God, I broke my ankle this past week. Oh, praise, hallelujah, right? Praise God, you know, my, uh, you know, I got fired or my, you know, my parents got cancer. or it's not, This is not what we're talking about. But there's a joy that runs underneath the grief and the pain. And uh, it's a joy that coexists with that. If you think about Jesus, Jesus is described in Isaiah 53, and one of the descriptions of who Jesus is, is he is described as a man who is acquainted with sorrow and grief. A man acquainted with sorrow and grief. Right? Jesus faced tremendous discouragements. Tremendous. Tremendous pain, grief. One of the classic passages in the Old Testament is John chapter 11. And Mary and Martha, right, and they're telling Jesus that their brother Lazarus has, has just died. Like, and uh, they, they, they tell Jesus, like, Lord, you know, he died. Like, you, you, you could have done something, you know, about this. But Jesus' response, what the, one of, one of the, the greatest things in the Bible that we see about Jesus is his humanity. And he wept. He wept. He felt genuine grief, genuine sorrow for the death of Lazarus, someone that he dearly loved. And he was moved with tears, with real grief and pain. Right? You see Jesus... And there are times, too, when he is angry, right? He's angry at the Pharisees. He's angry at the religious leaders. He's angry at the, the hypocrisy that he sees, right? And when he's making those, that uh, whip you know, of, of cords and he's driving out the money changers, I mean, that is real anger that is coming out against what he sees as this wrong and injustice and keeping people away from the presence of God, distorting who God is, his image. Jesus, if you look at his life, he did not simply float, right, around on clouds, above the fray of life's pains and sorrows. He felt very much 
All the sorrow, all the pain, all the grief. He went through all the human emotions. And yet, if you look at Jesus, his life was characterized by tremendous confidence and hope and joy and strength as he went through all of these things. But where does it come from? You and I, as we go through the different things that we go through in our lives, we're you know, where is this, this joy going to come from? I think the first thing you should know about joy is this. Joy does not come from pursuing joy, right? A lot of us, we have it backwards. We say, well, I want to be happy. I, my, my life, I, I just want to be happy. I want to be peaceful. I want to be comfortable. I want to be, you know, I, will, I just want to be happy. And so we try to pursue happiness, but that's not how joy comes. Joy does not come from pursuing joy. Jeremiah, he doesn't say, blessed is a man who pursues or who trusts in joy. Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after joy or after happiness. Blessed are, that's not what Jesus says either says, blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord. You never get joy by aiming for it. Joy is a byproduct. It's a fruit of something much deeper. And what is it? It is, well, a couple things. Joy is a fruit of knowing God. This is what John, 1 John is telling us in this letter. I'm writing these things so that our joy may be complete. But where does this joy come from? It comes from knowing the word of life who has come and appeared to us. It comes from knowing who God is. This life appeared, John says, and we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. This is what John is getting at, the connection between knowing God and this well of joy that comes into your life. But what is eternal life? When I throw out the words eternal life, and we Christians use this all the time. We talk about eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me eternal life. But what does eternal life mean? A lot of people, when they think about eternal life, they're thinking about heaven, right? Oh, I, well, Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of my sins, to save me, and one day I'm going to be with him in heaven. Well, praise the Lord for that. That is true. But when Jesus speaks of eternal life, this isn't what he's talking about. He's not talking about, oh, you know, I'm saved, and hey, you know, I've got my life, but I've got Jesus in my pocket, and one day I'm going to go to heaven. That's not, that's not eternal life at all. This is how Jesus himself defines eternal life. He says in John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Is there, do you, is he talking about heaven here? What Jesus is talking about here is about a relationship of knowing who God is. It begins right now. 
this is what, this is what eternal life is. When, we, when we're saying, Lord, thank you for eternal life, what we're saying is thank you that you've brought me into this fellowship with you, that I can know you right now. This is eternal life. And we talked about this word fellowship last week, but I'm going to repeat it again. And this word fellowship comes from this word koinonia, but uh, this idea of fellowship is sharing in the life of God together. You have, you have this connection, a heart-to-heart connection with God himself. It's more than just believing in Jesus. A lot of people believe in Jesus, but it's more than just about believing in Jesus. It's actually about really knowing God. And there's a, there's a difference between the two. It's, there's, a, there's an emotional, a heart level. It's not just a cold intellectual understanding. If there's this real connection, you are, you are fellowshipping with God on day-to-day level. This is what we're talking about. And, and Jesus, he died so that you and I uh, can not just go to heaven, he died so that you and I ultimately can have communion, what, what, what the Puritan writers would call communion with God or fellowship with God. This is why he died. Believing in Jesus is just the beginning point. But knowing God, this is the real life. And this is what he's, he's getting at. Think about your wedding, right? Your wedding for those who are married. right? When you get married, what happens is you know, you, the two become one, and yeah, like both of you benefit. I mean, you, you know, maybe you get a little bit more money in your bank account. Maybe it increases a little bit. Maybe you get a house. You know, maybe you get a car, another car, you know, that you share together. You know, all the new status, whatever, all these things, those are, those are great. Those are fine. But what's the real reward? Is one another. A marriage. That's the real reward, Right? You get a companion who's going to walk with you through all the, the ups and downs of life, through all the griefs, joys, and pains. You get a companion, that, and you're going to share the deepest parts of who you are with each other. That is what marriage is. And when you are united with Christ, that is what you get. You get God himself. You get God walking with you through all the all the things of your life. That is who you get. The enjoyment of God who walks with you intimately day by day in your life. I want to show, share with you uh, John chapter 15, and this is the way Jesus describes it. But Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. What, what do you hear from this, these verses, from this passage? You hear friendship. You hear, what is friendship? Jesus is saying, you know, I'm going to be completely transparent with you, and I want you to be transparent with me. But I'm going to share with you the secrets of what my father is telling me, and I'm going to share this with you, what God has revealed to me. And there, you know, we're not talking about a one-way religion. We're not talking about just, I'm, I'm just throwing up my prayers to the Lord. I'm, I'm just going to go through my prayers and my Bible reading. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about actually 
knowing, sharing your secrets, and he's sharing his secrets with you, and, and as you commune with him through his word, right, uh, as you're fellowshipping with him through his word and by his Holy Spirit, uh, there's a sense in which, wow, God's presence, he's speaking to you and I. And this is the level of joy that John, the apostle, going back to 1 John 1, is talking about. We write these things to you. He is eternal life. He is the word of life. And by knowing Jesus as the eternal life and word of life, this is going to make our joy complete. But it also comes from being assured and knowing that you know Jesus. This is what this letter is going to talk about. Do you know Jesus? Do you know God? Right? My uh, purpose is, one of my goals as a pastor, uh, my chief thing is to, to uh, see that Christ is formed in you, and you and I, right? that we know Jesus. And this is what John, as a heart of a pastor, this is what he wants to, to, to communicate to his people. He says in verse three, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Uh, John writes elsewhere, he's gonna talk about that uh, we can be confident, we can be certain that we know the Lord. And he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And he's gonna write all these different things. But um, there is a sense, and Christianity is really, here's the difference, right? All the religions, right, tell you, hey, uh, this is how you get to God. You, you do these things. Uh, you, all religions are, are basically the same thing. They just kind of teach you, be a good person, be kind to the people around you, live your life well. And this is kind of what all these religions, you know, I've heard this so many times. But what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say? What does Christianity say? It's not, hey, you live your life well, and maybe you can make it to God. Maybe, you know, then one day you'll have this sort of enlightenment or you'll be reincarnated or good karma will back, come back to you and uh, God's good, you know, blessings and fortune will come upon you. That's not what Christianity is talking about. That's not the gospel. Gospel, the Jesus is, you are not saved by your life. You're saved by the life of another. And that is Jesus. He's the one who saves you. He's the one who's given his life for you and I. And we're saved by his life and his life alone. And uh, when you know that, when you know that Jesus came in flesh and blood, he performed all these miracles, he lived this life, he went to the cross, he's risen, he's alive, he's exalted at the right hand of God. Um, when you know who Jesus is and he is the living, risen Savior and King, then that just completely changes your whole perspective about all of life. The way you look at things. You're no longer relying on religion. You're not relying on te- a technique. You're, not rely- you're relying on a person, and his name is Jesus. This is who you're relying upon for your life, right? Every time you get sick, every time you get in an airplane, right? Every time, you know, you dread that, Going, you know, that meeting with that person or, you know, when you fear bad news or whatever it is that you go through in life, what are you going to do? Just think positive, you know, just try to think good thoughts. No, that's not going to work. 
what you need is you have a savior who's walking with you through all those things. And you just know that you know that he loves you, that he's with you. That's the assurance that, that John is talking about for you and I that's available to you. This is why he's writing this. So here are a couple of questions, right? But let me just ask you this. Do you sense a deep work of God in your life? Do you know that you belong to God? Do you know that you are completely his and he is yours? And do you have a great sense of his joy, his pleasure in your life? Do you, do you feel that like deep in your heart, in your soul? You know, for the, the Christian, and again, emotions, I get it. They ebb and flow. And sometimes you have these dry, dry seasons where you don't, like, God, where are you? God, where is your presence? Like, I, I don't feel you right now. Like, God, and why are these, why is my life so hard? It's like, where are you in all of this? I, I get that. But do you consistently sense in your life God's presence is real to you? A real sense on your heart. This is what Jesus and the apostles are constantly talking about. Um, it's not techniques or rules, right? But there is a sense in which God is directing you, he's speaking to you, he's rebuking you at times, he's correcting you, he's bringing you to repentance. Ah, you know, my, my heart, you know, it's not in the right place. There's a lot of things that are happening, but there's a sense in which God is doing all these things in your life, right, on a day-by-day basis. You, could, you, could, you know. So that's, that's one but let me ask you this. There is a well of joy despite sorrow. And even when bad things are happening, you know that there's a lot of bad news in this world, right? And what's happening in the Middle East and all these tensions rising and, uh, and things personally going on in your life. And there's, there's um, all, kinds of, all kinds of things right now. But do you trust that he's working these things for your good? and for his glory. There's a sense in which my joy is not going to come from this world. My joy is going to come from knowing that I belong to Jesus and his kingdom, and one day he's going to come back, and he's going to finally and fully establish his kingdom forever. And that's my ultimate hope. This world is not my hope. This is not where I belong. I'm passing through. But my joy my hope is anchored in something much greater in his his kingdom. And there's a sense of joy that comes from knowing that this is where your eyes are being turned to in the midst of that. I share with you, uh, I think a few months ago, uh, that uh, my friends uh, reached out to me uh, from the Bay Area. And uh, my friend... um, you know, I, I married this couple. Uh, you know, he, you know, posted on Facebook, uh, you know, pray for me as uh, the doctors have discovered, uh, you know, these, these uh, cancer cells uh, that are spreading to my lungs and, uh, you know, just kind of different parts of my body. And I just knew that, you know, this is not good news. And so, uh, you know, past 
uh, for months, Mimi and I have been able to journey together uh, with my friend and his wife, and uh, you know, week to week, uh, you know, just praying, um, texting, uh, Zoom calls, uh, all those things, and uh, and then last week, uh, January second, uh, he finally succumbed to his cancer and passed away. Uh, so you know, we were we were praying, uh, we were praying for the best, we we're hoping for the best, and we we're praying for. Yeah, uh, we were praying for his healing. Uh, we were, uh, you know, but he knew, he knew that uh, this is, nothing is guaranteed from the Lord. And uh, he knew that this could be the real outcome, right? He just, I think he just wanted a little bit more time with his kids. Uh, that was his heart. Um, and this past week, um, you know, I'm on the Zoom call with his now widowed wife, and uh, they leave two high school kids uh, behind. And, um, you know, as she's just recounting, you know, the last 24 hours of, uh, of uh, Rob's life and, you know, his final words and those things. And, you know, she's just breaking down at every point, you know, she's just sharing with me. And it's like, oh, I'm just you know, just weeping with her right along, right? It's like, ah, you know, my heart just goes out, you know, and, um, but one thing that was very clear, right, is just, she was just thanking the Lord, you know, thanking the Lord for his goodness in it all. And her heart, despite, you know, this being in this uh, very, very difficult place, Underneath, what I saw was this. What I saw was that well of hope and the well of joy. Yes, even joy. And her words that God has been so good to us this whole journey. God has been so gracious. And even sharing Rob's final words, you know, when she said, when she was tempted to complain, like, why do we have to go through this? Why is it so hard? And she just got cancer herself last year. She recovered from breast cancer got a replacement, and then Rob gets his cancer. It's all in one year. And she's thinking, why does it have to be so hard? And then Rob's words immediately just said to her, we can't complain. God's been so good to us. God has been so good to us. We can't complain to the Lord. Those were his words. You know, and when I hear that, it's like, wow. You know, I see two people who know they belong to Jesus. They know that they know that they are loved by Jesus. And that is a joy that is not about the technique, rule, right? Not about thinking positive thoughts, or I'm going to psych myself up. It's about knowing Jesus and Jesus alone who's, who's carrying them. This is, this is what, how can you explain this? Peter said, there is a joy. There's a love in your heart for Jesus that you can't fully explain. Human words just are inadequate, but you just know you love Jesus because 
You have the love of Christ that's shed in your heart. You have the presence of God. You have fellowship with the living God. You have your hope in him. This is what John is getting at. This is a word of life to each one of us. And God is present, and he is real, and he is here. And he came down, and he shed his blood for you and I. And the only way to have this deep joy and assurance is really simple. You must know God. You must know God, you must know the Father, and you must have fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. This is true eternal life. I'm going to just invite you to come and, as we have been doing, just partake of these elements at the Lord's Supper. If you are a believer in Jesus, not just someone who, quote, believes in Jesus, but you actually believe Jesus, you actually know Jesus, come. You're invited to come. This is for you and I. And this is a reminder that his death truly paid the penalty for all of our sins on the cross. He shed his blood. Why? Because he loves you and he wants his fellowship with you and I. He, he died so that we can have true life, that is to know God. And this is why Jesus came. And if this is your heart, then come. Jesus invites you to his table. He says, come, I want fellowship with you. You and I, heart to heart. Let's get beyond the intellectuals. Let's get to the heart. Let's get beyond the cold rituals. Let's get to the heart. This is for you and I. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To and if, if, you, if that's a decision, if that's something that you want to do, then please come talk to one of us afterward. We would love to do that. And we have people willing to pray with you in the back, but come and respond to the Lord from your heart, from your soul to him at this moment. He wants to hear from you. Let's respond to him. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love to hear from you and help you take one step closer to Jesus. To contact us or for more information, please go to www.thewellsgv.org.